Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. I want to start this morning, once again, the title of this message is Closing the Gap. I believe we are intended to close the gap in our walk with Christ. There is oftentimes evidence in our life that we're not always Christ-like, right? If you drive on the loop in Lubbock, you know, sometimes, sometimes people be driving like fools every now and then. And so sometimes there's evidence in our life that there is still a bit of refinement that needs to happen, right? I've got three kids, a nine-year-old, a six-year-old, and a three-year-old. How many parents in the room? You know that there's some refinement that needs to happen inside of your soul from time to time because kids will bring it out inside of you, right? And so really at the end of the day, what all this is about, what all this is for, what all of this is unto is ensuring that I am living a life that is daily, daily, moment by moment, integrated with the Father. So my goal in life, there it goes, I kicked it over. My goal in life uh, is to live in daily union with the Father, fully intertwined and fully satisfied, fully integrated in the intimacy that is made available through Christ Jesus. Come on, it's in the high moments, it's in the low moments. It's, it's in the moments where you're in church and it's in the moments where you go to lunch after. Like intimacy with the Father is actually the goal of this thing. So just as we've been created in his image, if we go back to Genesis chapter one, chapter two, you were actually created in his image. But just as we have been created in his image, we are also to be refined into his image through a continual process of spiritual formation. Continual process of spiritual formation. I'm gonna read in Romans chapter eight, if you wanna jump over there with me. Romans chapter eight, and then I'm gonna jump to the book of Ephesians after that. How many of you did Bible races in kids' church like growing up? You remember that? I was the champion. And if I'm being honest, there's still a piece of me. I use this now, like I cheat, right? But if you bring your Bible and I have my Bible and I'm sitting in the row next to you, I will destroy you. <laughs> like there, there's a piece of me that still makes it a race every single time when they're like Ephesians chapter eight. I'm like, <laughs> got it, got it. But if you wanna turn with me, Ephesians, we're gonna we're start in Romans chapter eight and then we're gonna jump to Ephesians chapter four. If you wanna read along with me, we'll also have it up on the screen. We're gonna bounce around a little bit this morning, but I wanna show you in scripture um, and I wanna show you through evidence of my own life and my own story of what it looks like to close the gap in our relationship and close the gap in proximity with the Father in different areas, okay? Romans chapter eight, verse 28 through 30 in the New Living Translation says this. It says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. What a lovely scripture. Called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become, someone say become, like his son. So that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And then pay attention to verse 30. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. This is what Leanne was talking about during communion. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. You have been given the glory of God. When God formed you, 
When God formed Adam and he formed Eve and then years down the road formed you, he actually put himself inside of you in all of his glory. Yet there's still this reality that changing diapers on a daily basis doesn't always feel like his glory. <laughs> Arguments with your spouse, um, irritations, pet beeves, problems, issues at work, the, the, the thing you didn't deserve, whatever. Like the evidence sometimes of this life in reality doesn't always line up seemingly with the promise that he gives us for his glory. I believe this, that there is this process by which we are becoming exactly what he meant when he meant you. And sometimes it's those circumstances, it's those situations, it's those problems, it's those dirty diapers. It's all the things that are actually reforming, that are, that are forming us, they are creating us, they are regenerating us into what God meant when he meant us. Um, here, here's something that I feel you need to understand. And this is really, really helpful for me. Um, whenever you get saved, right? So this is kind of Christian language, Christianese, if you will. Like you get saved. You give your life to the Father and you enter into a relationship with Jesus. I remember being young the first time I prayed this prayer and feeling like everything was just gonna get a lot easier. That was an audible, huh? And you're right. I mean, anybody with me? Like, honestly, I did. I actually really did. And we've all heard the messages about like, he didn't promise it's gonna be easy, but he did promise it's gonna be worth it, right? It's true. That's true. It's true. And I don't wanna downplay. I don't wanna downplay that. But I feel it's really important to understand this, this fact right here. Whenever you get saved, you give your life to God and you begin a relationship with Jesus, being guided by the Holy Spirit, right? What happens is your spirit actually becomes perfected you become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And your spirit is just as real and it is just as alive as your soul. But that doesn't change the fact that you're here for 90 plus years and your soul is still dumb. <clears throat> your spirit becomes perfected in Christ, right? I'm good. Me and the father, we're good because of what Jesus did on the cross. He died on the cross. His blood was shed. His body was broken. Why? So I can be healed, but also so I can enter into this covenant relationship with Jesus that says, hey, no matter what, we're good. He's got me. We're good. And he's a good, good father. But sometimes my soul's still an idiot. It's just the reality. So the process of becoming what God meant when he meant us looks like massaging that out. It looks like working out our salvation over the course of a lifetime, day by day and decade by decade. Day by day and decade by decade. We are becoming, as it says in Romans chapter eight, exactly what God meant when he meant us. So I'm gonna challenge you in this. Don't grow weary in doing good. Don't grow weary in doing good. I got this vision in preparation uh, for this. Um, we're getting close to elk season. So I go on my annual Colorado hunt. I go to, set t uh, to Colorado unit 211, the end of September, and I'm stoked out of my mind for it. And I'm so excited. It's about all I can think about right now, if I'm being real honest with you. Um, but we're gonna summit a lot of mountains. We're gonna cover a lot of, a lot of terrain. It's gonna be an interesting climb. And if you've done any amount of backpacking, backpacking any amount of hunting whatsoever, uh, you're aware that when you see a mountain, especially early on, when you see a mountain, you think to yourself, oh, I could climb that. Like 100%, I can climb that. 
Um, I remember being a boy, like a little kid and driving down, like if we were driving through anywhere where there's mountains or whatever, like in my head, for whatever reason, I would like put time frames on myself. Like I could climb that mountain in about 30 seconds. Like I could you know, and then it becomes more realistic, uh, realistic. Well, anyway, if you climb mountains, if you backpack, you're aware there's actually a process by which you climb a mountain and it's called switchbacks, right? So you do this up the face of the mountain. If you try to just climb straight up that mountain, you will die. You will die. <laughs> and so there's this process. And in preparation for this message, I actually, I saw a mountain and I want you to just imagine with me, okay? Just look here for a second. If you asked a four-year-old to, to draw a mountain, it's gonna look like a triangle, right? So in general, this is the shape of a mountain. I want you to imagine this mountain here. And then I want you to imagine a vertical line straight up and down the middle of this mountain. Which had a third arm, it'd be strange, but it'd, be, it'd help with the illustration. <clears throat> I want you to imagine that that center point on this mountain represents this. It is your wholehearted integration with the Father. This is the sweet spot in your life. This is when you are firing in all cylinders. You're being the dad you know you should be. You're being the husband you know you should be. You're being the wife, you're being the mother, you're being the son, you're being the daughter, the disciple of Jesus that you know you're supposed to be. It is the wholehearted point of integration. You know what I'm talking about? Like you find that sweet spot every now and then and you're like, oh, I'm on it. And then you drive on the loop and you're like, oh, I'm off it. <laughs> it's that sweet spot, the wholehearted integration with the father. And then I want you to imagine as we were talking about switchbacks, you get rocked. Right, So I feel like there's multiple mountains in our life. There's the mountain of our parenting. There's the mountain of our relationships. There's a mountain sh the mountain of our apprenticeship with the Father. There's the mountain of fill in the blank in your own life. There's a mountain of sin, right? Wholehearted integration. We are living, intertwined, engaged in the Father's heart for you, knowing who you are as a son, knowing who you are as a daughter. And then you get rocked, right? And then you start this voyage around the base of the mountain, which will ultimately lead you back to that place of wholehearted integration. Are you with me? There are times when that process of circling the mountain to get back to the point of understanding of who the Father says you are and who you actually are in spirit, soul, and in body, it takes a little while to get back to that place of understanding where you're back firing on all cylinders. The premise of closing the gap is this, as you gain elevation up that mountain, what took you 10 hours, 2,000 feet higher is gonna take you eight. 2,000 feet higher is gonna take you six, four, one. And ultimately it's gonna land you in a place where you're like, I know who I am. I'm not gonna get bound by the sins of the enemy, the shame of the enemy, the lies of the enemy because I have a destination and I know who my father is. Just recently, Michaela, my wife and I had a moment um, I don't know if you ever fight in your marriages. Um, <clears throat> we, d we do. <laughs> so, but we had a moment. And I remember thinking to myself, and it was literally that. It was a blip. It was a moment. A moment where something happened, and then we quickly came back to that center point and said like, oh yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I was dumb. I apologize. Hey, it's all good. We know who we are. Boom. Kiss. Move along. Actually, we didn't kiss. We should have kissed. Move along. <laughs> so you get, so think about it. But as I was reflecting on this moment, a literal moment, 10 seconds or less, 
as I'm reflecting on this moment that I shared with my wife, I was really aware that 10 years ago, that would have been a two-week process. You see, what happens as you, as you circle the same mountain, because I said something dumb. Guys, does it ever change? I've been married 11 years. No? Okay, well, <laughs> how many years have you been going? 27. All right. Anybody over 27 years? How long, does it ever change? All right. What you, buddy? No hope. Buckle up, babe. That's what he's saying. Buckle up. Oh, sorry. Can I just like pre-apologize? Can we like add equity in the bank account? That's the, yeah, we got to get it to the top a little quicker. That's what we're working on, babe. But what, what, I, what I was aware of is this, like it was, a, it was something similar that I've done for 11 years. Old habits die hard. It's called flesh. It's called soul. It's called that thing's an idiot in there. I'm being serious. Come on, make it real in your own life. What's that thing that comes out? What's that thing that you, all, that you always seemingly do? That thing you fall back on? What's that sin issue? What's that struggle? What's that anger thing? What's that temperament deal? What's that pet peeve? What's the thing in your life? But I was aware of this fact that once upon a time, 10 years ago, that would have been a two-week process of frustration, bitterness, conversation, blow up, frustration, bitterness, blow up. And then finally, what are we doing? This isn't worth it. Marriage counseling, the thing, like, I'm serious. Like, I, it's real. But you see, I acquire tools. You acquire tools as you summit that mountain where the thing that took two weeks now takes 10 seconds. That's the premise of closing the gap in your life. And you actually have what it takes in every area of your life. Why? Let's go back to the beginning because God put his glory inside of you. It doesn't always feel like it when you're in the moment, when you're in the argument. But that's what closing the gap is, is getting outside of those feelings and understanding, yeah, but that's not my truth. See, I feel like staying mad and vindictive in my pride until you see it my way. But that's not what the Father says. Because what I feel isn't always true, but what he says always is. So what do we do? We come to understanding of that quicker, circle the mountain quicker, and come back to the place of wholehearted, integra wholehearted integration. That's what we're doing, and we close the gap. I wanna talk about a couple ways to do that. Couple ways to close that gap in your life. And much of this you're gonna to have to process through the filter of your own life and where you are currently in your own season. But I wanna read in uh, Ephesians. We're gonna talk about two tools about how to become more like Christ and close the gap in your life. The first tool that I wanna talk about is throwing off and putting on. Familiar church terms, throw off and put on. Ephesians chapter four, verse 21 through 24 says this, it says, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, verse 22, throw off, say throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Verse 24, put on, say put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous, and holy. It is a process of becoming. It is a process of becoming. Throw off and put on. This is the first tool that I want to talk about. Throwing off and putting on. Have you ever stepped in gum? <clears throat> yes. 
Michaela stepped in gum two times inside of 30 minutes a couple weeks ago. It, it was hilarious. <laughs> oh, that was that dumb thing that comes out every now and then when I say that. I shouldn't have said that. That was bad. But it's like 30 minutes she stepped in gum two different times. And it's funny, like, you're going to have to go with me because I, I, the Lord really talks to me through stuff like this, okay? There's a significant difference in stepping on a piece of juicy fruit that's been baking in the sun for about an hour in the Sam's parking lot and stepping on a piece of double bubble that just got spit out by a five-year-old in the Sam's parking lot. There's a sig- Go with me. There's a significant difference. It takes different tools to get that off, to throw that off. If it's double bubble, you might be able to get away with one of these. You know what I'm saying? Shake the foot a little bit. But if it's juicy fruit, I mean, you're like dragging through grass. You're like, you got sticks. If you're nasty, you're using your fingernails. Like you're in there. You're stuck if you've got juicy fruit. It's like juicy fruit is holding on to the sole of your shoe. And it's like, don't let go. Every man for himself. And it's like stretching out and you can't get rid of it. Welcome to church, everybody. Throw off and to put on. It actually takes the right tool. Likewise, it takes the right tools inside of yourself to be able to really throw off something. To throw off that temptation, to throw off that anger, to throw off that unforgiveness. It actually takes the right tool. Some things are easier. Someone cuts you off on the loop. We've referenced the loop a lot, but someone cuts you off on the loop. That might be like, hey, dude, all good. No worries. Boom, you threw it off. But like, what about the real stuff? What about the deep-seated trauma? What about the hurt, the hatred? What about the soul ties? What do you do? How do you throw that off? I, I grew up in an environment, very, very much so Christian, sheltered, went to church all the time. And I remember hearing this expression, just give it to God, right? Has anybody heard that? Give it to God. And where this is great advice, like ultimately this is great advice, that's more of a destination than a means by which we get there, to give it to God. The process of giving it to God is actually something I became quite invested in back in 2019, Um, when my wife and I were walking through some stuff, some excavation, just kind of like going into it. And I was like, yeah, but how do I actually give this? How do I give this to God? Um, And one of the tools that we became resourced with through Wild at Heart, um, and it's also part of our practice here uh, here at Renew Life Church, is the process of breaking agreements. Are you familiar with this term, breaking agreements? So breaking agreements Just be really practical, yet spiritual at the same time. Breaking agreements is is this. I no longer believe the lie that I once did. I repent for believing that lie. And now I'm going to establish a truth in place of the lie that I once believed. Okay? So imagine washing a plate. Um, I don't mind doing dishes. Like dishes is actually one of my favorite chores because you can't really do anything else. You know what I'm saying? You like start a Netflix show and you just scrub on it for a little bit. So imagine the process of washing a dish. Dinner is over. You had hot wings. I don't know. Sounds great. You have hot wings. Step one, right? So I'm going to have to scrape off all the stuff into the trash can, right? So this is me breaking the agreement. Lord, I'm so sorry 
or it's, 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 I believe this lie that I was this person or I was this thing that I, here's some hypotheticals for you, that I'm never gonna be healed, that I'm always gonna be this way, that sickness is just my reality or I'm never gonna get out of this sin issue. It's just too strong and I've tried too many times and it's not gonna go away. What's the lie? Come on, it starts with acknowledging that lie. And first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna break up with it. I'm gonna scrape that thing off the plate. Step two, I'm gonna repent. I'm gonna repent. Repenting means I'm gonna turn away and I'm gonna believe something else. I'm gonna wash the dish. God, I'm so sorry that I believe that because believing that was actually believing that that was your nature. Believing that I could never change, believing that I was too far gone, believing that my marriage was lost. Lord, I'm sorry. Like I'm actually, I'm sorry. I'm washing that plate clean. Forgive me for that wrong belief, Lord. I've broke the lie. I've repented for it and I'm cleaning it for what? So ultimately I can put that dish back in its rightful place. I can put it back in the cabinet where it can be utilized to its full potential. And what I'm doing when I do that is I'm gonna establish a new truth. I used to believe this. I've asked for repentance and now I believe this in my life. You see that? Three-step process. Break the agreement, ask for forgiveness, establish a new agreement. I believed I would never be healed. But today I'm standing here as the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus' sacrifice. And he says that I can be healed. So I'm still gonna stand on the bedrock of my salvation. Jesus Christ, he is a healer. He is good. He is for me. He is not against me. I used to believe my marriage could never be restored or I'm not a good enough dad because my dad or my mom didn't give me the tools that it takes to be who I'm supposed to be for my own kids. I used to believe that I was full of inefficiencies and all these different things, hypothetical. I used to believe that I didn't have what it takes because I didn't have the resources handed down to me from my parents. I repent for that, but guess what? I have what it takes because God put a piece of himself inside of me. This is what the process is. So as we climb the mountain, as we come back to that place of wholehearted integration with the Father, what we're doing is we are expediting, ultimately, the process by which we get back to the place of understanding that he is for me. That's tool number one, to throw off and to put on. Throw off the old self and to put on my new self. Now, this is a lot of times type of process, not a one-time process. I break agreements, repent, and establish new agreements on a near daily basis. Here's the truth. Sometimes in the same area of my life. You know why? Because your soul can be an idiot sometimes. And there's this thing inside of you called flesh that wants to come out. There's an accuser who's gonna call you down, who's gonna say you're not good enough, got the voice of the accuser and you've got your flesh that wants to come out. Guess what? You got 90 plus years with this flesh thing. You've got unique tendencies. You've got unique habits. You've got unique patterns. You've got unique stories that create unique neuro pathways in your mind. You've got, of course, these things are going to come out in your life. The premise and the point is this. I'm decreasing the amount of time by closing the gap that it takes me to remember, oh yeah, I'm not broken. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's not who I am. Helpful? Break the agreements, throw off and put on. This, the second point that I want to talk about as to how we close the gap in our spiritual formation and getting closer to the Father is becoming professional imitators. 
1 Corinthians chapter 11 is where we'll start. And then I'm gonna read Ephesians chapter five. We're just gonna read these quickly. If you wanna go with me there, you're more than welcome to. But I love the Apostle Paul. If, if you spend much time in the word at all in uh, the letters to the churches, right? So 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Ephesians, like uh, the, he, sent, he sends these letters back to the churches. And what they are is their guidance. So you have Paul who is like, his life has been radically changed, dynamically changed. He's responsible for the vast majority of the New Testament. So he's sending these letters back to the churches, the local churches. And he's saying, hey, you're doing really good in this area. I got report of this. And man, way to go. Hey, stop, do, hey, stop doing this though. That's not good. Don't do that. Like he's, sending like he's sending affirmations. He's sending challenges. He's sending all these different points. What I love about Paul's writings is oftentimes he winds up back in this place of saying like, okay, do this, do that. And come back and we don't do that and try to do this. And, he's, and, he's, and then he just goes, right, just, uh, just do what I do. Just follow me as I follow Christ. <laughs> This is the discipleship process. Follow me as I follow Christ. I don't have all the answers, but I might have some authority in one area. This isn't, I'm not talking about me here. I'm talking about you. This is us. This is corporately. This is the body. This is spiritual family. You have authority in areas of your life that I need to glean from. God has put a piece of himself inside of you that this body needs. Individuals in this body Need. It's time we close the gap and understand that as our reality. 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, it says, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Ephesians 5.1, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do because you are his dear children. So whether we're imitating man, we're imitating the father. At the end of the day, much of what spiritual formation looks like is imitating the fruit of someone else. Imitating. <clears throat> I kind of want to simplify much of what the discipleship process is. Um, many streams use the word apprenticeship almost because it's maybe a little bit more palatable, for, right? So apprenticeship, discipleship, Ultimately, what we're doing through this process is we are becoming more like Christ. How? Through being a disciple, ultimately of the Father, but through the filter of someone else. It's actually a holy and wholesome process by which we are spiritually reformed. So Paul is saying, follow me as I follow Christ. I, uh, there's, a, there's a young man in Midland who I met last summer through a Brave Course men's discipleship program. And his name is Cade Miller. And he's just a fascinating dude. Just a fascinating dude. He's 22-ish, 23. I don't know. He's a young, young adult. And <clears throat> as we sat around these tables, uh, there's 12 or less of us at all of these, all of these events. And I just, you know, the way it goes is you kind of like open up, you get vulnerable, you connect with people. It's actually one of the most incredible things I've, I've been a part of by way of discipleship. And as he shared his story, there was like this common theme that would come out of his, out of his mouth. He would say like, yeah, my dad taught me this thing. Like, yeah, hey, my dad and I actually went on this trip. Yeah, my dad told me that before, but I forgot it. But I've since kind of come back to this place. And... What I realized about Cade is much of the reason that he is who he is, who is a 
good man. He's a good man. And I look at Cade and I say, my son is six. So if my son looks like Cade when he's 23, I would feel fully satisfied. I would feel like as a father, I have done, I have done well. The relationship that Cade has with his father is something that I, it's something I want. It's not that his dad didn't drop balls and blah, 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 all the things, sure. But at the end of the day, there's this endearment from son to father. And so for me with a nine, six and three-year-old, I'm looking at the fruit of this and I'm going, okay, I want that. Like I really want, I want that. And so fast forward just a couple months ago, I was actually invited to be in Cade's wedding and being a groomsman at the age of 31 is interesting, by the way. It's a very different season than them. It was fun, but it was interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we were at the rehearsal dinner. We're at the rehearsal dinner, and it's the first time I've ever seen Cade's dad. I don't know the man. He's not a part of our, like, anything we, like, do. He goes to another church. He's kind of in a different world, all the things. I don't know this man. But I'm finding myself, like, rather emotional looking at him. And so I just put myself in proximity with him. I just, I remember just kind of catching him in the middle of the room and just being like, hi, I, I fangirled a little bit. I was, because these are the things that matter to me. These are the things that matter to me. These are the things that matter to the kingdom. At the end of the day, my responsibility is turning little people into big people who love Jesus. That's what I do. <laughs> um, and so I just remember catching him in the middle of the room and being like, your son is incredible and I love him and much of that is the fruit of your labor. And honestly, sir, I just wanna honor you. Just thank you for, thank you for making him. Honestly, I was like tripping over my words and stuff. And then uh, he's like walking around the room and I'm like following him, like trying to, try. <clears throat> there's a better way to become a disciple. That's all I had at the moment. But I just, I'm serious, like, fi- like I saw someone that had the fruit I wanted and I just wanted to get everything that I could get from him. So let me just like simplify what the di- discipleship process is. Find the fruit and go to the source. Find the fruit and go to the source. I believe there's people in this room who are actually fathers. There's people in this room who are who are brothers. There's people in this room who are mothers. There's people in this room who are sisters, daughters. Like we represent different things within our body, within our spiritual family. We actually need you to be those things because you possess fruit in areas that other people need. Closing the gap is realizing who you are, who the Father has called you to be and living from that place. Remember who you are. The last thing I wanna talk about this morning is throughout this process of climbing the mountain, circling the mountain, there's kind of a negative connotation with the term circling the same mountain, circling the same mountain. Oh, here we go again. It's the same old sin issue, circling. It's the same old, I just wanna diffuse that. And I want you to understand the reason it's the same mountain is because you're the same human. It's that same flesh inside of you. 
Your spirit was made perfect. Your soul is still dumb, but we're working on it. I don't wanna be offensive. I, I, it's really not my intention. Like, but honestly, you're, you're just working it out. So yeah, it's the same mountain. Why? Because you're the same human. It's the same temptation. Yeah, you're the same human. It's the same frustration. It's the same anger. Yeah, you're, you're the same human. The intention is to close the gap in the amount of time it takes for you to get back to wholehearted integration with the Father. That's what we're doing. So have grace for the process. That's the last thing really, is just have grace for the process because it is a process. Have grace for yourself, which is a lot easier at times and having grace for the people around you when they still blow up on you. They still lose their cool. They still have the same problem. Yeah, but guess what? They've cl they're closing the gap. They got back to wholeheartedness quicker. They got back to confession faster. They got back to help faster. They got back to humility faster. They apologized faster. Like you are gaining elevation in this thing called life in this process of becoming. And the Father's actually really proud of you for that. So have grace for that process. First John chapter two, verse one through two says, my dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. And not only our sins, but the sins of this world or the sins of all the world. My favorite synonym of atone is, uh, is repair. Jesus atoned for our sins, meaning this, he actually repaired our relationship with the Father. Have grace for yourself. Same mountain, sure, close the gap. You gained 2,000 feet elevation, well done. Like, well done, well done. I just hear the Father just saying that over you, like, well done. Yeah, it's the same mountain. You're the same human, it's the same flesh, but you did it faster, well done. You took that step of faith when I asked you to quicker. Well done. You kept your cool in that argument when typically you would have blown a gasket. Well done, like good job, well done. Or you blew your gasket, okay. But you came back and you apologized quicker. Well done. It's a process of refinement. It's a process of becoming. And it is a process that is sacred to the Father because it's your process of becoming that he's invested in. When it comes to spiritual formation, it's rarely a linear path, but rather an extended process intertwined with our current season and our daily rhythms. Our current season and our daily rhythms. Your job, your family, uh, your story, your history. It's your season, it's your rhythms. Can you just trust that the Father is actually working something out inside of you through all that? At the end of the day, the goal is to live in daily union with the Father, fully intertwined, fully satisfied, and fully integrated in the intimacy that is made available through Christ Jesus. That's the goal. You're closing the gap. Well done. Thanks again for listening today. 
If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.